When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Tom Rennie's the man I love talking to about association football and, of course, Qatar. The World Cup is now upon us after such a lengthy run-up. It's about to happen, New Zealand. So Tom Rennie is joining us out of the UK. Welcome in, Tom. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. We get quite excited for the FIFA World Cup down here, particularly when we're in it, but we're not in it this year. And as you well know, we have an affinity for English Premier League, so we sort of tag ourselves to England. What's the build-up been this year? Once again, you're always there. You always give yourself a chance, you English. What's, mm. Where is the confidence levels at for you going into this tournament? Well, there's a couple of points on that. The first thing is, if your listeners are Premier League fans, you don't need to just pick England because the <laughs> Premier League has a player in basically every single squad. So um, you, you don't need to suffer the misery of the English should you wish not to. Um, it's a funny one, actually, with England because personally, I'm still reasonably confident of a good World Cup and I feel reasonably confident because Gareth Southgate, the manager, for some reason... He's getting a bit maligned, getting a bit criticised in some quarters for a, a poor year or so of form. He has pedigree of getting England to the latter stages, if not the semi-finals and final, of the last two major tournaments. And getting through to those last four, last two matches, it's a skill that English, English managers have not had for a long, long time. Capello didn't do it. Ericsson didn't do it with the golden generation. We hadn't been to a semi-final since Terry Venables and Euro 96 before Gareth Southgate came along. So I think you've got a manager who knows how to do it. I think you've got one of the most talented squads in the World Cup. Not the most talented, certainly up there amongst the the five teams I think you probably can win this competition. Um, So weirdly for me, it's not on brand, but I'm actually quite positive compared to everyone else. (laughs) When we talk about World Cups, Tom, across all sports, you usually go into a World Cup thinking... Oh, look, there's two or three chances. Uh, we've got the, the Rugby League World Cup on at the moment, and there were probably four realistic chances, although Samoa's a bit of bolter. They've made it. Rugby World Cups, I think next year's probably the most open we've ever had. There's a chance of maybe five. But I look at this FIFA Football World Cup. It's really wide open, and, and I guess that's, that's highlighted by the fact that Brazil are the favourites, and they haven't won it for 20 years. It's incredible, isn't it, that Brazil haven't won it for 20 years. Um, look, Brazil are the favourites for the reason that their attacking lineup is is ludicrous, frankly, from Neymar to Richarlison to Paqueta. Um, they have a really, really strong offensive line, defensively in people like Thiago Silva. They've got proven winners. Uh, and they have such a strong goalkeeping that Edison may well start and Alisson will be on the bench. You know, they, they have such a strong strength in depth when it comes to the entire squad that um, I think that people think they are able to win it this year. It's maybe the most complete Brazil squad that's gone through a World Cup in that 20 years, but they're still 
a team that rely on the magic of Neymar. Neymar is a mystery to all of us, including himself, apart from when his sister's birthday is and he gets a party for three weeks straight <laughs> with a, a hamstring injury every year. Let's hope it's not a birthday during the World Cup, otherwise Brazil are finished. But <laughs> I, I can see why there is confidence there, but think that they are a complete team even though they are the most complete squad in the, in the competition a lot of people rating Argentina I'm a bit sceptical of that but they're, they're basing it on it being Lionel Messi's last World Cup they're basing it on uh, the Finalissimo last year which was won by Argentina against Italy at Wembley Stadium uh, in, in, in terrific style and a, a collective spirit and togetherness about Argentina which can get you a long way in these competitions but I'd certainly be looking at England I think if you've got Harry Kane, James Madison, Jack Grealish, Raheem Sterling, Mason Mount, Declan Rice, Jordan Henderson, um, even the match maligned, I think unfairly so, Harry Maguire, been terrific for England for five years, um, I think you've got a real good chance. And they've got a pretty soft group, in my opinion, of Wales, the USA and Iran. Um, Germany, I've got a good mix of youth and experience. Kai Havertz, Thomas Muller, Jamal Musiala, some really, really strong players in there. Uh, Spain kind of built around the teenage talents of, of Gavi and Pedri uh, but they have a manager in Luis Enrique who's probably the best manager in the competition if he can stop the Madridistas and the Catalonians rowing for 25 minutes <laughs> there's every chance that they might go a long way too so I think it's four five maybe I, I might put in a couple of outsiders like Denmark in there if we go deep in the competition Belgium too so yeah, I, I, I would agree it's quite open. You can see why people are more often than not going for Brazil. Can we talk about Portugal and what's going to go on there? Of course, Cristiano Ronaldo is there. The vibe of having him in there, we've seen some videos of him post his Pierre Morgan, Piers Morgan interview going back to Man United, the, the captain not really wanting to shake his hands, his teammates not really engaging with him. And there's a couple of Man United players, I think it's Diego Dello and Bruno Fernandes, are both in the Portugal side. That could implode. Yeah, potentially. I, I don't know how much the entirety of that Portugal squad care and jot one way or the other about Ronaldo's Piers Morgan interview. From a Ronaldo perspective, you know, I've done a couple of shows on this over the last couple of days, sort of phone-ins and getting people's view on it. And I still haven't really come to a definitive answer as to why he did it, mm. um, because the answers could be money. Uh, and, and I'm sure he got paid a decent amount to do the interview, but does Ronaldo need the money with his Instagram cash alone? He doesn't need to work again. Never mind the money he's getting off Manchester United and various other endorsements. Um, was it to get out of his contract at Manchester United? They don't want him. He doesn't want to stay. They were already all looking for a solution to this problem. Um, is it they want to get sacked and then sue them afterwards for compensation? I, I do not know. I can't work out why he's done the interview, and I do think it doesn't speak well of him that he's done it at this time. But um, whatever happens next, I, I wonder if he gets what he wants. In terms of Portugal, look, Dallo might care. Bruno Fernandes in front of the cameras might need to play a bit of a, a party line, as it were, but when the World Cup kicks off and you're playing for Portugal and you've got Ronaldo um, and, and they've had the same setup there with Santos as manager for a good, what, eight, nine years, whatever it is, long time, I think they'll all fall into their, their natural rhythms, their usual roles, and I think the, the team remains built around, Chris, around Cristiano Ronaldo, which it isn't at Man United, which has caused so much of the upset. So I don't think it's going to affect them now, though I do think maybe Bruno Fernandes might need to just watch what he's doing in terms of 
celebration in terms of uh, press conferences. But if Portugal win the World Cup, I think Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo are going to celebrate together. Manchester United be damned. Uh, off the field and over in Qatar, we, we saw a story come out yesterday that for a single beer in Qatar is going to be 24 hmm. New Zealand dollars. Now, that's about 12 pounds. That's probably about three times the amount of what we'd pay here. I don't know what the relevance is over there. That won't stop your countrymen uh, imbibing, will it? Uh, it's about double a London price and triple a price of anywhere else in the country. So it's a pretty decent amount of money to spend. Um I don't know. Do you know what? It's funny. I was, I was out with a couple of friends a few days ago who were going to the World Cup, uh, and they're there now. And there was a little sense of, we should probably be on our best behavior here. We might need to keep our heads down. And what was quite almost nice about it was, you know, when you go on England trips, and I've been on one or two over the years, there is a sense of, with a certain group of people, get smashed first, maybe make the game later. <laughs> Whereas... It almost feels like, how are we going to get to the game? What are the strict protocols that it's going to take to get to the game? So the people that have made this incredibly expensive, incredibly arduous trip to Qatar to go to games, I think they're going to be really dedicated to their teams and to creating atmospheres inside stadiums and less to the crack of it all, um, which is a shame in some ways because, you know, the, the banter between fans, the sheer number and volume they can create and, um, the, the boost of local commerce is, is usually an important thing about the World Cup. You're not going to get that this time. It's a, it's, a, it's a bad place for the World Cup. It's far too much money. It's too much money to buy things. I've had numerous reports of people I know, of, of reporters and fans who have been told not to take a photo of this, don't do this, don't do that, don't go there. There's question marks about whether the Qataris have paid... Um, Indian or migrant workers to dress up as supporters of other countries and make it seem like they're being welcomed in where they're being paid. These are allegations. I can't prove that. But there's all sorts of weird stuff going on. I think that the people there, if they're on the best behavior, will enjoy themselves. The trouble is, um, everyone knows, everyone listening will know, Qatar got this World Cup through clear and obvious corruption. And we've gone through so many years of it being played out in public to the point where even Sepp Blatter, even Sepp Blatter had the temerity last week to say, yeah, it probably shouldn't have gone to Qatar. Why would we have a World Cup in a place where it's only in one city, but they built eight stadiums in one city the size of like Rotherham. Like it doesn't make any sense that they're even having it there. So, Yeah. I'm sure people will have a good time. I hope they'll have a good time. I don't hear good things about the fan village. I don't hear good things about the prices. I don't hear good things about a lot of things. But, uh, yeah, I, I hope people have a nice time and, and nothing too untoward happens. Yeah, the, the, the noise that there was no accommodation for travelling fans, like all, all of the yeah. workers were obviously building stadiums and they're going to be staying on cruise ships and in tents and... It just it is so bizarre to me that the biggest sporting event in the world every time it's on, um, just the infrastructure around it doesn't make sense. Uh, before we go, Tom, um, I've looked at all of the groups. Uh, Group A is pretty soft because Qatar get the number one seed because they're hosts. Okay, um, the winner's not going to come out of Group A. If you if you if I had to make you pick, maybe the four semi finalists were. Without, mm. or say the four best teams. The four best teams with a chance to win this thing. 
Well, the sad thing about this particular World Cup is that um, because of the way the brackets are, we aren't and can't have an Argentina-Brazil final. Mm. So that feels like it should be the final. That would be a semi-final on their their pathways. I think that probably will be one of the semi-finals. I can't see Brazil losing until that point. I can't see Argentina losing until that point. The other teams in it are really, really interesting. Germany and Spain, for example, I like the look of both of them, but they're in the same group along with Costa Rica and Japan. Japan are a pretty decent team as well. I saw them play the US fairly recently and they're a very good technical side. So I, I think there's a chance that France might implode. The current world champions, there's lots going on in that camp and lots of injuries, so I don't quite fancy them, even though if they could pull it together, I think they're a, a terrific team built around Kylian Mbappe, Benzema looks injured. I do think England will win their group. I do think England could make the quarters, maybe the semi-final, so I wouldn't discount them. Um, if I was looking at a potential surprise package, I would say Spain. Mm. So my four to watch are the obvious pair, Argentina and Brazil. I also like England. I like Spain. And it's worth as well, if you are looking at teams that you might want to follow, even though it's frustrating because it's not their biggest sport. I actually think the USA might be quite good. I think they've got a good group of players that have underperformed in qualifying. But if you've got Brendan Aronson, Christian Pulisic, Tyler McKenney, uh, Tyler Adams, I, I think they've got a pretty decent team, uh, the USA. And I think in the group with Wales, Iran and England, they could come out in second. I think that may well set up a really good um, first knockout round game, potentially against France. I'll need to check my thumbs on that. But there's a pathway where they could potentially get through to the quarterfinals and get maybe knocked out. I have a massive game against a big nation. And look, for all the faults America has, Trump's running again. Terrific. Um, <laughs> but for all the faults they have as a country, them being good at soccer is actually quite good for all of soccer. Um, because, you know, they are the, the, the financial powerhouse of the Western world. So if they take big interest in it, more cash, more exposure, more celebrity, more fame, and more fortune follows. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, Tom Rennie. Always enjoy chatting to you, buddy. Enjoy the World Cup. Uh, look forward to catching up again. Cheers, mate. We'll speak again. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.